the scripture from Acts. And I, you would probably also would be helpful to read the other verses prior to the assigned reading for this Sunday. All right? But it's Acts, the ninth chapter. And we'll begin at the 36th verse. Dear friends, listen for the word of God. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taking upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him crying and, and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to the, her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. Amen. This is still the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. And I want you to notice something. Peter is just totally breaking rules. He's a Jew touching a dead body. He is a Jew going to stay at the house of a tanner. Okay. And if you know anything about tanning leather, it, one, it is a smelly enterprise. Okay. And he would have been unclean. So something has happened here with God's people. As a thought for today, I offer welcome to the Dorcas League. Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, we give you thanks for this day, for the opportunity to gather in this Bethel place. We thank you for those who have chosen to watch online, and we pray for all believers and friends and seekers who will watch on delay. We pray that your word might be made manifested powerfully among us all. We ask that you send the Spirit to help me to preach and your people to hear, and then, Holy God, help us all to go out from this place that we might live the Word, not just be hearers, but doers, so that your name might be praised, your Son glorified, and your kingdom here on earth advanced. And we pray this and every prayer in the sweet, sweet, sweet name of the living God, and we say his name is sweet, for we have tasted and know that he is good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, friends, I need to be honest with you. The only other time that I have preached on this particular text was at the homegoing service of Miss Leela Austin in Lake City, South Carolina. 
<laughs> and so when I encountered this text that the lectionary assigns for this, the fourth Sunday of the Easter season, and coincidentally on Mother's Day, I could not help but think of Miss Leela and some of the women I have known who have belonged to what I'm calling the darkest league. Oh, Miss Leela was not a very big person. She was very petite. And by the time I got to Wesley Chapel, she was in her late 80s, and when she would come down from Sunday school and I would be doing my usuals, running around, getting ready for service, she would go, there she is, there's my lady pastor. And that was how she would greet me every Sunday. Ms. Leela worked in the school district and she was a counselor. She was loving and gracious. Everybody in Lake City knew her and loved her. When her sisters both died, she stood in the gap for their nieces and nephews. When her husband had a massive stroke, people would tell you that she was there every day at that nursing home. Oh, you just needed to know, Miss Leela, how loving she was. And when she became ill, and she wouldn't tell us how sick she was, but when we found out, we, she was still just so sweet. That smile always on her face. And when her daughter, Deborah, called me and I was at residency in Columbia to tell me that she had passed, Deborah's crying and I was crying too. We were both crying. And I wasn't crying just for her passing. I could also celebrate her life. In remembering Miss Leela and all the others who have touched our lives with the love of Christ, it's not so much about recalling their death, it's not so much about recalling their passing, but her life. And life lived to the glory of God and for the good of others. Have you known someone who lives and loves in the spirit of Dorcas? What we should focus on is not so much about their absence in, from our midst, but rather how their lives intersected with ours, how they bore witness to the power and presence of the Easter faith, how they live letting everybody know that Jesus is alive and he's alive in me. Yes, yes, Miss Leela was a mother. As are many who have belonged to this Dorcas Lee, you know some for sure. I know my mother, Mr. Lord, so many people who have loved me. But it's not her status or her title as a mother, but rather her labor in the vineyard, her witness as a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's what, and that's why we can all celebrate today. Whether or not you had a mother like Miss Leela or not, whether or not you are a mother, because this person, these people are followers of Jesus. They live their lives in such a way that their love touched us. Their love made a difference in us because they love Jesus just that much. And here in the book of Acts, where Luke recounts the death of Tabitha, but in Greek her name means Dorcas, notice that he doesn't tell us whether or not she was a mother. But what Luke does let us know is that she was a disciple. She was always doing good and that she practiced her faith both inside and outside the church. And how we know that is that in the inside of the church, they called her Tabitha. On the outside of the church, they called her Dorcas. She was doing the work of God, whether she was in the church or out of the church. She served both communities equally. She was a devoted servant to two communities, 
She didn't judge the people on the corner. She was just as loving to them as she was to the people in the church. This woman had status, prestige, and wealth. But instead of living above folks, she had a sense of responsibility and service toward God's people, especially those who needed her the most. The widows. The widows who were not valued. Women who were not valued. Widows who were considered nobodies without standing because they had nobody to protect them. They had nobody to stand in the gap for them. They had nobody to provide for them. But Dorcas did. Dorcas would stand in the gap for them as Christ had stood in the gap for her. These who lived on the margins, Dorcas went to them. Church, who are the marginalized we're supposed to be standing in the gap for? Not because we're doing them a favor, not because we're doing good, but because we are called to bear witness to our faith in the risen Christ. Because we are to give the same love that has been poured into us that we ought to pour out on somebody else. Dorcas had a reputation for helping, for serving, of doing what needed to be done. I suspect no one had to ask her. No one had to beg her. No one had to call and ask if she would do good. She not only gave out of her abundance, but she gave her time. Because some people will give you a little bit of change, but they can't make no time to do nothing for the Lord. She cared about others as Christ cared about her. And it was genuine, y'all. Her ministry was one that was desperately needed by these widows. They needed somebody. And she was that somebody. She did for them what they could not do for themselves. She was not a follower who continually received ministry. So often in the church, when people talk about ministry, they just talk about what you can do for them, what you can do for their kids, how they think that all the money we raise on behalf of the kingdom of God ought to be spent on them. That wasn't Dorcas. She was not a follower who continually received ministry, but a disciple who practiced it. Like I asked the boys to do with those can of peas. And for those of y'all who missed it, I'll explain that later. Dorcas was the real deal, y'all. She was a dedicated Christian, not sometime, because you know how some of us are. Sometime we're happy, sometime we're not. Sometime we're willing, sometime we're not. Sometimes we're good, sometimes we're not. Sometimes we were willing to serve, but it depends on who the pastor is. Sometimes we'll serve, but it depends on if you done made me mad. Sometimes we'll do it, and sometimes we won't. We can be sometimes. She was full of good works. And church, you can't be full of good works unless you're full of the Holy Spirit. You can't be full of good works unless you're full of faith. You cannot be full of good works if you are not full of God's grace, God's mercy, and love. Because that love will move you to do something sometime for somebody who needs something. She, Dorcas, was a vessel of honor always being seen in the community. Not to just be seen, but to lend a hand looking out for the poor and just loving on folk. You get the picture? Do you know someone like Dorcas? 
Do you know or have you known someone whose faith is lived out among those who need to know that there is a Savior, that there is a risen Christ? Someone who needs to see that God is still at work in the world. And that's what you will see when you read those other verses, those earlier verses, that God is at work in the world through God's people who are to bear witness to the power, the presence, and love of the risen Christ. How will people know that there is a Savior if those who are saved don't go and share it, don't go and bear it, don't go and witness to it? We need to be serious about practicing our faith and serving others. And some, maybe you think you need to be special, have a lot of educate, whatever. Well, let me tell you about my friend, Mama Helen. Helen and I were friends for all years. We even dated brothers. That's how close we were. Amen. We were just that close as friends. Helen left school and she became a mom and she had four kids and then her marriage fell apart and she was a single mother, but that whole bland family down Washington Park, down Astor Street, they're my crew. And because I used to travel so much, I could be anywhere in the world, but when I would come back, things would happen and my mama would never tell me what happened. I promise you, she would not let me know. One time, I, I came back from East Africa, and I was at the back door, and I said, Mama, I'm going to take this walking stick to Mr. Lee that I brought for him. And I was almost pulling out of the driveway. She and my sisters come flying up, and they're like, oh, no, Sheila, Mr. Lee died. I said, well, where were y'all going to tell me? One time, I came home, and I went down the street to visit my crew. And there are a lot of kids, but there were these two little kids. And I'm looking like, who, who turned these right here? And they said, oh, that's, that's our brother's girlfriend's kids. I said, okay. It was like, I figured they were out on a date. But I went back three days later, and them little kids were still there. And it was getting bedtime. I said, well, she coming back to get her kids? What's going on? I went back a week later. Those little kids were still there. And I'm like, um, wish." You know how we ask at home, where's she at, man? Well, she had some trouble and was in a rehab facility. And then she went to another kind of facility after that. And they just stayed. Dot and Helen and Vanita, they just stayed all summer. And then it was about time to go to school. And I'm like, well, what, <laughs> what y'all gonna do with these kids? Well, Mama Helen does what Mama Helen always does. She just loves on kids. They were in elementary school, y'all. Didn't necessarily seek any support. No. Mom, at Christmas, we were buying them Christmas presents. They just became part of the family. And when he went off to a scholarship to Annapolis, that's what you need to hear. That's what he called. He called her Mama Helen. When he was 10 years old, he drew a house that he wanted to build for her. She just took a man, y'all. Didn't seek anything. She used what she had, which was the love of God, to save two kids. Not judging their mother. Always inviting her to come back and be with them if they wanted to go. Always open. You don't think that people in the neighborhood looked at her and thought, oh my God, there's, there's someone who loves Jesus right there. 
You don't think people in her church would bear witness and tell the story about this woman who just loves on children? Yeah. Yes. You don't have to be whatever. You just have to be a disciple, a follower. Friends, have you been the beneficiary of love like this? If so, you know that this love lasts for a lifetime. This love lasts to eternity. Not even death can destroy or diminish this kind of love. It lives on in all of us who have known and who then bear witness with their lives of the risen Christ. This kind of love leaves an imprint on your soul. This kind of love we are to imitate and share. Isn't that what Paul says in Corinthians? Imitate me as I imitate Christ. People need to see the Christ in you so they know what Christ looks like, so they know what Christ does, so they know how Christ is supposed to talk, so they know how Christ calls you to live. That imprint was placed in me because my mother... At her homegoing service, this woman who only had a high school degree, on a Monday at 11 o'clock, there were about 600 people at Francis Burns United Methodist Church. Why? Because she just loved on people. I told people that my mother was not only our champion, she was just a champion for children. Your child, anybody's child. The kids in the neighborhood, she giving them candy, she taking them places, sewing into them. That's how my mother raised me. Oh, but Miss Gaffney, one day when I was, I was a disciple, I thought, right? And I was rushing. You know how, y'all know, the people that sit here know how I feel about time, okay? Because I'm a little crazy. I hate being late. And I was rushing, doing the one thing my mother told me not to do. Slow down, Sheila. That has been her words to her hyperactive attention deficit disorder child her whole, my whole life. Slow down, Sheila. But I was rushing, Brother Larry, to get to a meeting at church. And this little boy came up to me in the food line parking lot in Five Points, and he said, ma'am, will you buy a black-owned newspaper? And I brushed him off, y'all. And when I got in the store, the Holy Spirit said, Sheila, what did you do? That is not how your mama raised you. And oh, my gosh. Y'all, I went back out in the parking lot looking for him, but he was gone. I don't even remember the meeting I was going to, but when I got there, I told my pastor what I did, and he was like, Sheila, it'll be all right. And I said, but no, that's not the imprint of what it means to be a disciple. That is not the witness that my mother, my Aunt Louise, my family has shown to me. I denied Christ that, in that moment. I denied Christ. I was not a disciple. I was not living as a follower. A couple of times that week, during that week, I went back looking for him. I went home and I told mama what I had done and where I was. And she looks at me, she goes, oh, you mean Daniel? And I just looked at her and I said, well, of course you would know him. <laughs> this is five points. My mother lived past the fairgrounds. She didn't need to, the food line wasn't her main grocery store. It was the big pig on Rosewood Drive. But of course she would know. It was my mother, children. And she told me pretty much where he lived <laughs> in the neighborhood. And so I drove there, and there was Daniel, and I apologized to him. And at nine years old, that began my relationship with Daniel. 
Every time I would see him, when I would go to Africa, I would bring him a gift back. And one time I saw him out by Columbia Mall, and I pulled my car over and go, Danny, what you doing over here? And he said, no, Miss Sheila, I'm over here with my dad. I said, okay, I want to make sure you're doing right. He said, yes, ma'am. His parents appreciated that there was another caring adult who was looking after and praying and cared about their child. When he graduated from high school, I gave him a gift. He sent me an invitation. And when he was getting married, he brought his fiance down to the house so mom and I could meet her. Love makes a difference, y'all. It ain't about just the money you give, but the witness you share. In the text, Dorcas or Tabitha dies, and she is sorely missed. When Peter comes, they show him, Peter, look, look what she did. When you love on somebody, they will tell people, look what she did, look what he gave. But the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead brings back to life this faithful woman whose acts of compassion are central to the new reality of God's reign in the world. And as one commentator points out, our faithful work of bearing witness, of practicing our faith in the risen Christ by serving others, that is the work of Christ and that work will never die. No matter whatever you do for Christ will last, will last beyond you, will last eternally, will last through you. The same spirit that was in Dorcas needs to be alive in us. The spirit of the risen Christ so that we too might stand in the gap for the poor and the oppressed, that we too might use our privilege for the benefit of those who are poor and need protection, that we too might work for those who are on the margins and who are treated as if they mean nothing. As faithful disciples, we are called regardless of our gender, to do good works, to engage in just acts in the name of the risen Lord. Christ be praised. Amen? Amen.